Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie Uncensored. We have officially moved to Patreon. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. Oh, my goodness. Mark Ebner, I am so excited to have you on the Dishing Drama Dana podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for bringing the keys to the city. (laughs) (laughs) The wizard at Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be with you here, Dana Wilkie. (laughs) Well, let me just, you guys, if you don't know who Mark Ebner is, he's, I mean, he is kind of like an anti on steroids, really. Uh, He's been in the thick of many very controversial investigations surrounding some of the biggest scandals in Hollywood, uh, you know, from the early 2000s to date. He is a a journalist, but he's also a writer. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's written, what, 10 books or something like that, Mark? Yeah, I just finished The Magic 10 with uh, that book Off the Deep End from HarperCollins about the pool boy and the Falwells. If your uh, listeners are interested, I can recommend that book without reservation. But to the point, thank you for the lovely introduction. Yes, been a journalist for a long time and written a bunch of books. But this is rather uncanny uh, per our topic, Dana. And that is when we talked briefly, I think I told you about the the first and only time I met Paris Hilton up close. And I think I told you, did I tell you that she just gave me that frozen smile? No, you have to tell the story. No, tell me. Well, (laughs) well, anyway, I just wanted you to know that even though uh, I was probably ripped or something and imagine that I told you that. Whatever happened to fun? But um, regardless, on the day that uh, my book Six Degrees of Paris Hilton was published, I coincidentally got invited now here's a name name drop for you i got invited to a party up at uh carrie fisher's house yes the late great carrie fisher love her and i'm up at her house and paris hilton comes waltzing in and now of course i had a copy of the book with me it just came (laughs) out so i i i we we were standing around a table and I put the book down. She saw her name on the cover and she looked up at me. And it, the only way I can describe it was it wasn't side eye. It, she didn't give me the hand. She gave me this frozen smile. And that's how I've always described it. And then lo, I read her book yesterday and, uh, she talks about her frozen smile. So I have to give her points for self-awareness. Yeah. Well, I was doing a comparison to my own experiences with a lot of the people you talk about in your, your book, six degrees of parasultum, which I love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was also doing a comparison to house of Hilton and Paris Hilton's memoir 
uh, you know, kind of seeing how they all tie together or uh, don't match, you know, all of those things, because there's obviously many uh, different versions of the truth in scandals and in Hollywood, right? <laughs> depending on who yeah. you're talking to. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, she, uh, you know, she's a, a master at, uh, you know, ignoring the down and dirty stuff, you know, for sure. Um, because I thought that even anecdotally, she might mention, you know, this fucking skell named Ebner. Can I say the F word on your Yeah, show? of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, she probably, you know, wanted to, you know, I've had, uh, you know, people that I've mentioned in books, for instance, uh, uh, I wrote Hollywood Interrupted, my only New York Times bestseller, and I dedicated a little subchapter to Heidi Fleiss, where uh, a buddy of mine had wiretapped her home leading up to her arrest, right? And so I just basically keyed in on, you know, the the more startling uh, phone conversations that she had. And I transcribed them into a little chapter for Heidi Fleiss in the book. So I'm at a book convention or book fair in New York City at the Javits Center. And she comes running up to me with a copy of my book in her hand, not hers. And she screamed at me. She goes, you're a fucking cunt. <laughs> she called me the C word. Jeez. The yeah. first and only time I've ever been called that. And I've been called a lot of shit in my life. But I had to share that anecdote with you, Dana, to, to show you that the reactions are different. But I think the message uh, behind Paris Hilton looking up at me saying nothing and giving me that frozen smile was probably the same sort of sentiment expressed by Heidi Fleiss years earlier. And I do that want to ask you some questions about that, too, if you don't mind. But we sure. can get into that a little bit okay. further in. So, uh, you guys, just as a little sidebar, I do want to mention that Mark Abner has written for Radar He's done Rolling Stone, Maxim. You have done commentator work, right? Didn't you do the Paris Hilton sex tape on, you were one of the uh, people they interviewed for that on one of the shows too, when they were doing the sex tape? <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of that stuff. I mean, the uh, uh, supplying sound bitage for various networks, uh, and Dana, if you get into that racket or continue in that racket, make sure these make sure they pay you. That's all I can say. Oh, I mean, wow. I'm really glad you gave me that advice because, you know, that's happening, right? Well, <laughs> there, you know, I mean, look, basically these networks will say and this is, you know, for anyone who wants to be a talking head. And this is the secret. They will say. Oh, we can't pay you, but this is good exposure. Well, for me, exposure like that is the last thing I need. It's not, you know, this is if you want a piece of my expertise and your name is not Dana Wilkie, then you're <laughs> going to pay me. Except although I did make an exception uh, over the holiday weekend, I did an interview for Russian television 
you know, talking Trump and Stormy Daniels. And you can be certain I didn't take a ruble from them because uh, that could get me in trouble. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. That sort of yeah. thing. But all the other time, you know, you just say pay me and they'll say, well, we don't pay for experts on our show or whatever. And then you say, well, this is the key. You ask them for a materials fee. And then you send them a few pages from your journal and say, yeah, license that, you know, because let's face it, we're not we're not doing breaking news television more likely than not. What we're doing is we're just feeding the beast and, you know, doing more entertainment television. So uh, in the spirit of unity, I think everybody should get paid. And that is my rant. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Mark. That advice okay. is timely. <laughs> so let's just talk a little bit about what Six Degrees of Paris Hilton is all about. Um, just for people who haven't read it, I've read it, obviously, sure. a few times. Um, but tell tell them a little bit. And then I want to just tell you that in your book, there's a lot of Hollywood players, yeah. right? And I want you to know <laughs> that I have ties to about 15 people mentioned in your book from my time in Hollywood. <laughs> well, I I don't doubt that for a second. It <laughs> so, really is a small town when you get down to it, isn't it? And yeah. especially when you go into the nightclub scene in Hollywood, uh, from say the late nineties to the mid two thousands. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I, I think that it, it's, it's not a shock to me. It doesn't, you know, no judgment. I mean, of course you knew these people, you know, uh, but what I will say in, you know, to try and explain to your, uh, your listeners, what six degrees of Paris Hilton, uh, was about was, Simply this, uh, I had an unfortunate year uh, and, you know, in many cases, fortunate. In other words, I'm making hay out of it now. But I worked for David Pecker for one year at the tabloids. Uh, I was a senior reporter at uh, Inquirer Globe and the Star. And a year was about all I could take. But on my way out the door before I got myself fired, uh, I had accessed Paris Hilton's T-Mobile sidekick, which, by the way, she talks about in her memoir, Paris the Memoir. She talks about the different phones that she had, and I think she was particularly enamored with that T-Mobile sidekick back in the day because it stored everything, her photos, videos, contact list and everything else, right? So being at a tabloid, that's the kind of thing that surfaces out of the muck and the mire of that particular profession. And so I'm looking through her phone and I see uh, there's a photo of uh, Fred, Fred Durst with his grisly dick in his hand, right? And it's a, literally a <laughs> selfie of him holding his cock. And he wrote a two-word message to her. Miss me? Question mark. And, you know, so I chuckle at that. I keep scrolling. 
and I start looking at her contact list. And here's an old journalism trick. It's not the names that you recognize that are important. More often than not, it's the ones you don't recognize. And a name popped up, and it was Darnell Riley. And at the time, I it didn't register with me, except that, you know, I, I, I figured it was an African-American person because of the name, the common African-American name, Darnell. Riley, not so sure about. But anyway, with that, I was like, holy shit, didn't I just report that Paris Hilton was kind of being a racist? Yeah, she you know, had the end with, video. That yeah. we, We've actually posted the end video in the Dishing Drama, Dana, Patreon that she says with Nikki in a club. So everybody's seen it. So they know yeah. what it is. And, you know, I going easy on her here only because it's not that she didn't say something really vile, right? Um, but I will always give people, uh, you know, listen, Howard Stern appeared in blackface like 40 years ago and people are still making hay about that, you know, and have at it. You know, you're welcome to it. The image never dies. The Internet is forever. Um, well, she but- didn't just go after she said that N word, but she also basically belittled all people that aren't rich. Yeah. Which yeah. was really ironic considering she wasn't as wealthy as she made it seem per your book, right? Well, this is what what happens when you're young, dumb and full of cum and you got the spotlight on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean th- that's the kind of thing that'll come out of her mouth and I'm not making an excuse for it. What I'm saying is is that that's who she was and that's the kind of thing that she's prone to saying. Is she like that now? No, I suspect, you know, maybe she hasn't evolved personally, but I can tell you in terms of her image, you're not going to hear that word coming out of her mouth again anytime soon. No, no. And she actually addressed it right in the memoir. She said she was really uh, drunk and high or maybe she didn't say hi, but I mean, that was like the kind of the feeling of it. And that yeah, she well, didn't know what she was saying or whatever at the time. And so. Right. And, point. you know, it's it, it, it's uh, God, it's just, you know, one of those really awful moments in her life that happened that, you know, hopefully she learned something from. Did, did someone try to bribe her with that, though? Like, I kind of felt like there was like, didn't Darnell Riley, who you're about to talk about, didn't he say at or his mom said something about that tape. I don't know. Like, was she? Ever yeah. With yeah. That? His mom, when I talked to her, his mom said, uh, you know, something to the effect that she was a racist or something like that. Yeah. But, the, but more than anything else, remember that I'm looking at this name, Darnell Riley, and I don't know who it is. And then, holy shit. It came to light that he was the guy behind kidnapping, tying up, and uh, putting a marital aid or a dildo on Joe Francis, uh, your listeners will. Oh, we know. Recog- uh, yeah, <laughs> you'll recognize him as the girls gone wild goon, who's now basically e- exiled to Mexico at his mansion in uh, Punta Mita. But 
uh, he, you know, I was like, holy shit, that's the guy. So I got busy. I wrote a story uh, as much as I could find out about that. You know, the, uh, the Joe Francis kidnapping, the Joe Francis dildo episode. What was, and, what uh, was the video? You saw it. What was oh, the video? I saw it. Like, what was the video that Darnell allegedly taped of him that he was going to bribe him with? And if he didn't pay a certain amount by a certain period of time, he was going to release well, it to everybody to see. I've always wondered what the tape was. There's nothing <laughs> alleged about it. Uh, it, it actually existed. And, uh, his own attorney showed it to me while Darnell was on trial. Uh, and he showed it. I made him show it to me repeatedly. And it's this grainy video that Darnell made. The way this uh, whole thing went down was Will Wright, another character who was basically uh, Darnell's sidekick in this uh, uh, crime group that was terrorizing Hollywood at the time. Uh, a guy named Will Wright was sitting at a restaurant or a club and he had his eyes on uh, Joe Francis. Darnell was making his way up to uh, Bel Air and he got the word on like a two-way radio I think they were using at the time that Joe Francis was leaving the club and he was leaving alone. So Darnell somehow made his way through the gate at, you know, Bel Air Estates, got up to his place. Now, this guy was uh, had his master's degree in the art of breaking and entering. He got himself into Joe Francis's mansion and basically waited for Joe Francis to show up alone, which he did. Darnell is dressed. He's got a ski mask on, gloves, and he's wearing dark clo clothing so as not to be identified. Francis comes into his house unaware. Darnell grabs him, ties him up, literally hog ties his feet and his hands. Uh, well, first, what he does is he says, he, he takes him into his bedroom. Sorry, I'm burying the lead here. And he, he orders Francis to take his clothes off. Uh, Joe Francis complies. He strips, uh, he pulls down his pants. And then uh, Darnell says, I want you to lie flat on your bed. For the full scoop, head to our Patreon page. Click the coin icon on your player to check it out.